Hey everyone, Rob Kress here. Welcome back again. Thank you so much for joining me here, Functional Pharmacy and the Modern Alchemist podcast. So I'm kind of stemming off on, um, I skipped over on the last episode, I talked about uh, the book that I discovered that I've just like allowed sit for like nine years. Um, and once again, uh, I really suggest you read it. It's Whole Pharmacy, Reversing the Trends of Disease in an Overmedicated Society. You can find it at my website, functionalpharmacy.com, robcrest.com, or robcrestfrx if you, if you find me socially, such as on Instagram. Um, but if you remember two episodes ago, kind of delve into a talk that was both for patients and practitioners. And it was just kind of stepping off, I guess you could say, um, into the new year. Um, given some recommendations, some challenges that we all face, kind of getting real, I guess you could say. Um, and I kind of want to step into that again because, you know, um, it was basically called align your motivations with your calendar. Um, but there's a big issue that we've been seeing both in practice and, um, you know, I think anytime you see it within someone else, it's obviously mirroring something back to yourself. So me personally, I've been on this journey of recognizing I haven't really valued myself to where I should be. Um, and, you know, we as humans, we have a lot of issues of self-criticism, um, even all the way up to self-hate when you come down to it. But what it comes down to is uh, we're lacking self-love. Now, uh, when I say we in our practice, I'm talking about Dr. K Corpus, K Corpus MD. You can find her online at kcorpusmd.com. And um, we uh, support each other. And like I work with her in solo medicine, and she supports me as well. And oftentimes we're, uh, we get on a call to see the same patient because each of us brings a different attribute. Um, you know, we, we look at medicine in very much the same way. Um, the joke is kind of not a joke, but the comments been made, you know, so science and soul where she's a soul on the science. But, you know, to be honest, um, you know, she is extremely brilliant in the medicine side of things and the pathophysiology. And I, too, have uh, always look at um, the energy medicine, the mind body medicine and that of the soul. Um, so it really is a nice dynamic that we bring together. So this popped up the other day, um, you know, autoimmune diseases, and, you know, this is speaking to both patients and practitioners. So, and I've heard from some of my pharmacist, uh, pharmacy mentors um, in the mentorship that autoimmune diseases are some of the toughest things for them to work on. So I think we have to recognize that every disease, and um, I did a recent podcast actually with Kay that I'll put up on here, um, interviewing her about her spiritual endemicis. Uh, but she alluded to something that Carolyn Mace said uh, years ago in, in one of the initial books that we both read. You know, we, we were reading these same books like decades before we met each other, which is kind of funny. Um, but Carolyn said that between some to the fact of um, behind or underneath every disease, there's an emotional element to it, which I firmly believe. And um, if you've heard my story, you know, mine came with my lower back. And um, I'm still working on the shit, right? Like, fortunately, my physical health is good, but we still got to recognize the emotional internal elements that got our life. So autoimmune disease is kind of a big one. And um, I wanted to kind of interweave some things here. And 
why this came about. So the other day we hopped on a call. It was, it was one of her uh, coaching clients. Um, and this individual has rheumatoid arthritis and some other, other issues, female. And I'm not going to get too much into it, uh, like a case study per se, although it's the second time I've been on the call. So Pay introduced me into this fold about a month ago with her. Um, and the patient is undergoing a lot of pain. And with rheumatoid arthritis, you know, some of the therapies we've been given has been uh, anti-inflammatories naturally, such as curcumin. Um, I did recommend one of my favorites, which is undenatured collagen, UC2, although she is a vegetarian, she doesn't want any animal products. So we had to skip that as it comes from chicken garbage. Um, her adrenals were pretty beat up, so had an adrenoglandular on there, but couldn't do that either, so we had to go to more of a herbal property. Now, so we're talking autoimmune disease, we're talking rheumatoid arthritis, so I wanna walk you through what we've done and kind of how things kind of came up from an autoimmune point of view, um, I should say from the autoimmune point of view, but again, to the truly functional, the diet, the nutrition, and the hormones, right? Looking at everything there. So everything's off, right? It's the gut, it's the thyroid, it's the adrenals. Diet's off, um, but there's still this underlying element. So when I was initially on the call, it was trying to dial in these supplements. She was having a lot of questions. She was worried about the dosages. We were um, because they were above the RDA, and you know we just had to quell some fears because I think you know uh, the RDA was created a long, long time ago, and a lot of times when we do recommend supplementation, it is going to be beyond, um, and that's okay. You know we've got the studies and the research to back it up. So, and we we're kind of dialing in her needs, her wants with, you know, being a vegetarian and all that comes with that. So that talk a lot was about, um, there was a lot of resistance coming out of her. Um, but we, can, we said, listen, if you have any reservations about the supplement, we don't want you to take it. Because if you step into this, feeling that the supplement, you know, that you have any reservations about it, we don't want that to be part of your healing because there's this internal component to it that really plays a role. So we were completely supportive of saying, no glandulars, no animal products, we're gonna go a different route. So then I stayed in communication with her, uh, this patient, and I wanna get into diet. Um, you know, I'm a very diet-oriented person. I, I come from a food-first approach. So, you know, she, I asked her about her diet. She said, oh, my diet's really good. I'm going towards an anti-inflammatory diet and vegetarian stuff. So. For me, when I hear vegetarian, and this is not to diss vegetarians or vegans or whatever it is, um, but I often, well, what I've seen is people have trouble getting enough proteins or, or even healthy fats, or what they do is they also veer towards um, a carbohydrate-laden uh, paradigm. So there is a lot of grains that are consumed. Um, not just vegetables. So it is a difficult process. And her belief is more on the, I guess you would say the ethical. She doesn't want to eat an animal or do anything that's going to harm an animal or anything like that, which is very noble. So what's always important to do, I think, and, you know, speaking to the practitioners out there, especially the pharmacist that might be sitting across or any type of clinician, when someone says, my diet's good, please ask for more. You're not doubting them, but what I asked for was a three-day uh, example of her diet. If she can just write it out and then send it to me. So her main thing on the anti-inflammatory was diet uh, dairy-free, which is good, right? Yeah, we want to be dairy-free. 
Um, but and, and mostly gluten-free, mostly. But it was laden with a lot of grains. Um, and she was also metabolic, meaning there was some insulin and blood sugar issues. So I did say, listen, what I'd like to recommend is something between a paleo and an autoimmune protocol. Autoimmune protocol, if you can do that, the AIP, that'd be awesome, which is a little more um, refined, you know, so we're basically consuming foods uh, pre-agriculture, right? So no grains or anything like that. Healthy meats, although she's a vegan, so that's difficult. So there's no meats there. Um, on the paleo primal, you can consume eggs and nuts and all that. So I said, listen, if it's going to seem a little difficult, let's start there. Then if we don't get response in two weeks, I really want to talk about stepping up to the AIP to eliminate everything, just so we know we can do it. We're doing our best for the digestive tract, for the digestion, which often is a root cause to inflammation in the body and even autoimmune attack, like causing a reaction. Now, we're going to get into the energetic component of this in a bit here, um, just a little bit. So got on the phone with her just the other day, and I guess just things have not gotten better, and we kept hearing try, 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 try. Now, anytime you hear the word try, people often are setting themselves up for failure. I'm trying, which leaves, opens the door, leaves the door open for, well, I'm not succeeding, right? So, you know, her diet, she's like, well, it could be better. I still haven't completely gone grain free. And that was the one thing I was really asking her to do. So you could tell she wasn't putting it forth. So she's like, I think I might need medication. We're like, if you feel that medication is it, that's what you need. That's awesome. Go that route. We completely support you. You know, in our route on the initial, we talk about diet. We talk about balance of hormones. We talk about adrenal support. We talk about gut support. And if that is not holding true for you, if that is, um, if it's just not, if it's too difficult, if you feel you need to maybe um, get a head start on things with some prescriptions, fine. We support you in that. And that's really the take we had on it. But then the conversation goes a little further. And, you know, Kay and I have been on many conversations like this where, um, you know, it starts out almost resistant. And then suddenly it just comes to this place where you've got this patient having this incredible aha moment, which is really gratifying. But when, as I said, you start to recognize this stuff in your, in your own self. So we start listening to her self-talk. And she kept talking about... Um, I'm trying, which was kind of like the one point she was sitting there and she said she was looking out the window and she's like, I'm looking at my horses in the snow. It's so beautiful. So she's in the state of gratitude. And then you can hear the emotions in her. She goes, and I'm trying. And it's like, it's almost like then she went back into, I'm failing. So we said, listen, we really want to talk about what you feel of yourself, how you look at yourself and how you're talking down on yourself. Because some of the words she was using was, I need to be slapped. I need to slap myself. I just need a slap. It's like, why would you slap yourself? You're literally attacking yourself, right? Then she was talking about a book she read because we suggested a book I'm going to share with you in a bit. Um, but then she talked about another book she read, who was a person who was a, uh, in corporate America and she became this coach. And she goes, you know, she goes, she goes, it sounds like she was just like me before she healed herself, poor thing. So once again, she's judging herself, right? So what is autoimmune disease? Autoimmune disease is when the body literally attacks itself and it starts to destroy itself. It starts to destroy cartilage in the case of like an arthritis component. In the case of Hash like Hashimoto's, 
thyroiditis, it's going to start attacking its own thyroid gland. So we got to ask ourselves in our words and our thoughts, are we attacking ourselves and how are we attacking ourselves? And the first step is just to bring awareness to it, to bring light. Um, and she got it. She heard it. But even when we start talking about it, you can hear how quickly she falls back into it, which is natural because, folks, we have created these patterns over a long, long, long period of time and we they keep recycling. Right. So it's like creating a new habit and we got to stop with what we're doing. So the other book I was alluding to, I'm going to share with you, it's by Mel Robbins, who's a kind of a motivational speaker, personal coach type person. And she has a book that uh, is called The High Five Habit. And essentially the essence of this and how she discovered it was one morning she woke up and, you know, her career was going pretty good. And but she just didn't like what she saw in the mirror. She didn't like the way she looked, how she felt, what she was thinking, the worries, the stress. And she just stared at herself in the mirror. And then suddenly out of nowhere, she gave herself a high five in the mirror. And then she felt better. She felt like it kind of gave her a kickstart to a day. I want you to read the book. I'm not going to tell you too much, but there's a lot of science behind it. And if you even think about uh, sports teams, you know, when you high five someone, you know, the motivation, the emotions that stem from that. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep walking down this pathway for a sec. So now the other day, and I think this is a helpful tip. So something else that Mel says is when you start thinking, when you catch yourself thinking something disempowering, just say, I'm not going to think that, right? Give it a shot, but also check out her book. I think you'll love it. Then high five yourself. But the other day she also had a post social media. Um, and it said, first of all, when you have to create this new habit, step number one is stop labeling yourself. I'm bad. I'm lazy. Um, I'm a drunk. Um, she gave an example. Say if you're staying out late, you're drinking too much, you're waking up feeling like crap, you sleep in, you don't get up, you don't do your exercise, right? What you do is you label yourself. She goes, what you want to do is start labeling your patterns of behavior and how they make you feel. So your pattern of behavior is you're sleeping in late. It's not you. You're not lazy, right? Um, you're drinking, you're having, you're drinking at night. You're not a drunk. It's not you. It's your pattern of drinking. And how does that make you feel? I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. If I kind of don't get the head start on my day and say, if I go right into working on the computer and I don't get my exercise in by like 10 AM or if earlier, sometimes I will be like, Oh my God, you didn't do that yet. Right. And it's like, you're, are you being lazy? You're not, you know, um, but it's, how does it make you feel? Right. So what she says is the weight of the self-criticism with that, with the weight of it, you don't feel motivated to change. So basically first step is stop labeling yourself. Second, recognize the patterns that you're doing, the behaviors and how they make you feel and recognize that weight of the self-criticism. It's holding you stuck. Then just get to work and make the change. All right. So now, Skipping over, I've got two more things I want to read to you here. I think it's very interesting. John Sarno has been, um, and once again, this is for patients and for practitioners, because I want you to understand as a practitioner, if you've got a patient across the table from you, across the desk, that the issues could be deeper. Yes, we need to assess their adrenals. Yes, we need to talk about their exercise. Yes, we need to talk about their stress uh, management. Yes, we need to talk about their diet and all that good stuff. But please understand that they've got some internal motivators or anti-motivators that are running the show here. 
All right. So Dr. John Sarno, he's been one of my mentors in the realm of mind-body medicine. He's the one that literally recognized that my lower back issues was something deeper than just coming from a family of bad backs. And I think I have that story on my podcast somewhere here. But I want to, in his book, um, if you want to get into his stuff, his stuff, I think the best book is The Mind-Body Prescription, although probably his best work that I'm aware of is The Divided Mind. It's called The Epidemic, or it's called The Divided Mind, The Epidemic of Mind-Body Disorders. Um, John Sarno, MD, he has since passed, since writing it, but um, on page... 79. So he really gets into the, the psychothe psychotherapist of the day, right? The 40s and the 50s when it became hot and even before that. So he talks about rheumatoid arthritis. This is what we were talking about. So let me share this with you. And then I'm going to share you a different aspect of a modern day physician and what we're talking about. So remember, first of all, I said, what is autoimmune disease? It is the body attacking itself. So we can extrapolate that to say, how are we attacking ourselves in other ways? Are we attacking ourselves with our words? Are we attacking ourselves with our thoughts? Are we attacking ourselves with the food that we're putting in our body? Right? So it is energetic. It is non-physical, but it's also physical. Rheumatoid arthritis, page 79. Norman Cousins was an important literary figure and editor. He also suffered from rheumatoid arthritis. Now understand this is a, a it's a, it's a disease that's actually heavy in females. And when you think about uh, pharmaceutical prescriptions, the advertisements for it, aside from like a famous golfer, it's usually females that they have, if you've ever noticed that. Ever since the publication of his book, Anatomy of Illness, in 1979, a portion of the lay public, at least, has accepted the fact that rheumatoid arthritis is somehow related to emotions. Now, remember what I said, Caroline May said, May said all diseases. The book described Mr. Cousins' failure to respond to conventional medical treatment of an acute attack and his eventual recovery by recognizing the role of emotions in the disorder and immersing himself in a humorous books and films as an antidote to bad feelings. What's a bad feeling? A bad feeling is most likely a perseveration of a negative thought, right? To my knowledge, most rheumatoid rheumatologists continue to treat RA with medications and make no attempt to address emotional issues. So Dr. Sona continues, to Alexander and his colleagues, he's speaking of Franz Alexander, the psychological basis for rheumatoid arthritis was abundantly clear. In his book, he refers to studies which found that the disorder occurred primarily in women who, as adolescents, had a predilection for outdoor activities and competitive sports and who as adults suppressed all emotions, all emotional expression, and had a compulsion to strongly control their environment, including the lives of their husbands and children. Now, I want you to understand when we feel lack of control, that can play a role here. At the same time, they were extremely caring and protective of their families and exhibited such a powerful need to care for others that Alexander characterized it as masochistic. Sexually, they seem to reject the feminine role intended to select passive, compliant men and husbands. Alexander makes this statement, the general psychodynamic background in all cases in a chronic inhibited aggressive state, a rebellion against any form of outside or inside pressure, inside pressure can be self, against being controlled by other persons or against the inhibitory influence of their own hypersensitive consciousness. Bam. Now, 
Dr. Sarno continues, this observation closely parallels my own findings and with one change is an excellent description of many people suffering from tension myositis syndrome, which he has coined, TMS. For chronic inhibited aggressive state, in parentheses, I would substitute chronic unconscious rage. So he's substituting the word chronic unconscious rage. That's anger, folks. That's attack for the chronic inhibited aggressive state. The sources of the rage are the outside and inside pressures, the perfect world, the threat of control by others and the pressures brought to bear by their own super egos. I could not have composed a more succinct statement. So uh, then he goes to say, anyone studying psychosomatic disorders is bound to be impressed by the powerful influence of childhood experiences. In his work on rheumatoid arthritis, Alexander repeatedly finds a strong, domineering, and demanding mother and a compliant father, leading to fear of the mother coupled with dependence on her and an unexpressed desire to rebel. One more once more, my experience would suggest a small change. Fear of and dependence on the mother leading to unconscious rage at her. So this unconscious rage at the mother, could we not be substitute, substituting ourselves? Subconscious rage at ourselves, attacking ourselves. So check that out. I'll post this on the blog. So you'll find this on my blog as well. Um, I'll maybe photograph it and put it up there, but I highly suggest the rest of the book. Now, lastly, I want you to read this, or I want to read this to you. Um, there's a TED Talk, and it's by Dr. Habib Sadigi. He's kind of a, I think, a West Coast California healer guy. Um, in which he cites self-hatred as the real cause of chronic disease, autoimmune disease, particularly in women. Basically, he says, illness is what happens when women, the nurturers of humanity, forget how to nurture themselves. Self-care, folks. He draws parallel to dirt. Excessive plowing and unmindful practices by farmers ruins the grass that keeps our soil grounded and healthy. Land is then left barren, exposed, degraded, and stripped of its life-given power, which means when hard times strike, like a severe drought, the once nutrient-rich soil becomes lifeless dirt, devoid of any nourishing and nurturing capabilities. There's no resilience and humanity starves. So you see this parallel with self-care and what is the opposite of self-care if we take it completely the other way? It's hatred. It's attacking ourselves. So, and it's anger, just unconscious rage and anger. So understand that um, maybe this is a little more than you thought a modern alchemist functional pharmacy podcast would get into. Um, although I think it's really important to share things on this matter. And I just wanted to kind of invite you. Um, into the world of the unconscious and the subconscious. So, and listen, um, I hope I, and I'll give this more if you check out the blog that I put up or even in the um, show notes here um, on the basis on how we like to treat them and how we look at, as well as a link to Dr. K. Corpus, my partner. And um, I will certainly be having her on here soon. And I also want you to look out uh, for the Soul of Medicine podcast that her and I are doing together. So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you again. Um, have a wonderful day and we will talk shortly.